The GPS DairyCast features the high-value insights of the GPS Dairy Consulting Team's trusted advisors and the owners and managers from the elite dairy farms they serve. These conversations deliver on the GPS Dairy Consulting promise to inspire change and grow leaders. Hello and welcome to the GPS DairyCast. I'm Peggy Coffin from the Uplevel Dairy Podcast, serving as your host. And if you are evaluating the ROI on technologies or questioning if it's the right investment for your dairy, this GPS DairyCast has you covered. You are going to hear from two GPS dairy consultants, Paul Dyke and Andre Pereira, about two technologies, activity monitoring and feed software. Take some notes from this chat on the GPS DairyCast. We welcome Paul Dyke and Andre Pereira, two consultants from the GPS team, here today to tackle two dairy farm technologies. Enjoy this conversation between Andre and Paul. Hi, this is the GPS 2. We'd like to call ourselves the Fabulous 5, but there's only two of us. And we're not that fabulous, but it's Andre and me. So we're going to dive in a little bit to talk a little bit about technology, give our views on technology, but an intro first. My name is Paul. I live up in the eastern side of Wisconsin. Andre? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me here. My name is Andre. I live in the right north of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. If you listen really carefully, you can hear a bit of an accent. I think it's the northern Minnesota accent. It's a little different than what I've heard in the past, but I think that's what it is, right, Andre? It's that good mix between Minnesotan and Brazilian accent. I've been here for 13 years. I'll never lose this. <laughs> I have a Canadian accent, but nobody can hear that either. So we're in the same boat. Hey, we're going to cover a couple things, a little bit what's going on in our neck of the woods, and then we'll get into some technologies. Andre, what's happening in your world? Paul, so I think producers here are relieved and feeling good after the last rain. We saw around two, two and a half inches of rain in the in the western part of Minnesota and in the South Dakota area, I-29 corridor. And even though second crop did not look very good, we only saw probably around 0 0.8, 0 0.9 tons per acre. Third crop is coming up fast and it's coming up really strong. So that's pretty good. Still some weak rain in the southeast Minnesota, northeast Iowa area. It looks like the rain just gets there and dissipates. And all the producers are just looking up saying, hey, really? Come on, bring the rain. So that's what's going on there. What about you? I felt good about yesterday. I walked on some dairies and I could say, here I am. I brought rain. And some were happy, of course, because but they only got about a half an inch of rain. Some guys got more, but... We're still a little spotty on the eastern side of Wisconsin. There is some corn that's curled and 0.4 inches didn't quite do it. There's a lot of anticipation as to how we're going to handle corn that's a little bit light in tonnage. What are the other options? A lot of discussion going forward this coming week. So I'm hoping we get more rain. By the time everybody's listening to this, there will be more rain that's appeared. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that'll be great. The sentiment for corn prices is looking good right now, but we're just hoping for more rain and see where it's going to go. Yeah. Of course, the other topic, milk prices and where they're at, they're down. This is where risk management comes into play. Hopefully for those listening, they've been able to do that. But if not, it's going to be a little bit of a tough summer. Best wishes. And hopefully we'll be able to get through that. Yeah, let's hope for the best and let's hope our producers can ride that roller coaster. Yeah. So one of the topics we really wanted to cover today was new technology. Often I hear people say, hey, I saw this great new thing at World Dairy Expo. What do you think? Should we put that on our dairy? And and I kind of always look them in the eye and always say, so why are you doing this? What is the question you're trying to answer? Rather than 
just bringing the technology on the farm. I really want guys to think about that tech, the questions they're answering, then think about the technology. It goes in that order. So maybe a couple examples here. And uh, we wanted to touch on activity monitors and some feed software, the decisions that people might want to think about as they approach that software. So let's start off with some activity monitors. Andre, what are your guys thinking when I say activity monitors? I mean, there's a lot out there. What are they thinking right now with that technology? Well, there's a lot of stuff out there and we just have to think about when I talk to, to, to my clients or everybody, I just talk about, hey, what's the ROI, okay? So can this bring back money for you or can it bring back some peace of mind for you? So that's the first thing we're thinking when we're talking about that kind of technology for farmers. So activity monitors, they're attractive, right? They'll tell you about rumination issues. They'll tell you about if the cow is doing well or not. And there are several options out there, including some brand new options that are just vision based, just camera based. So technology is coming up really fast and there's a lot of new stuff out there, but does it pay out to use it? So that's, I think the first conversation I have with the farms. What about you, Paul? The first question I asked them is, what are you hoping to get out of this technology? What, again, what is the question you're trying to answer? For some guys, I think the obvious one is we want to improve our reproduction. Okay, so where's your repro at? If it's at 35 and we want to improve it to 36, technology probably isn't going to maybe be your answer. Maybe you'll save some money in tail chalking. Are we looking at it for improving cow health or catching cows, transition cows? Maybe that's a good answer. But I think the question is, what do you want? There's some of these are rumination collars and rumination ear tags. I, I love those and I love that technology. But how are we going to monitor that and how are we going to, to, to take a look at that? I ask a couple different questions for guys. One is who's going to be responsible for the technology on the dairy and what improvements do you expect to see? I think we make a key mistake if we bring in technology like an activity monitor and we say, hey, we expect our herds person to use this and they're scared of technology. They've been doing a great job. They're a great maternity person. The cows are really humming along. And then we say, yeah, but we want you to use this technology. I've seen dairies where they lose their good herds person because they bring in technology that person wasn't ready for. I agree. I agree, Paul. And here's the interesting thing about technology too, right? We all like, most of us like to have the latest and greatest on technology. Like I'm that type. I like to have the latest gadget, the latest cool thing out there. But is it, just like you said, is it useful? So I've seen some, some very interesting technologies out there. For example, some sensors around the barn that tells you where cows are, specifically where a cow is. So that helps a lot with a robotic system. For example, if you want to find a cow to fetch her, if she is in the fetch list, or if you have some heifers that are trying to hide in the back and not coming to the robot, right? Great technology to have, but is it actually useful? And will it replace the guy that's working at that farm for 20 years that know each cow, pretty much name each cow and knows all of them? You make a good point there. Is the technology going to, to help or is it just going to make things worse and more complicated? Yeah, I kind of like the geolocators. I like the idea, right? You can go into a pen and you could find that cow. But some dairies have gates that as cows come out of a rotary, that's going to separate those cows out that have a, an issue. And that's how we're going to look for cows. They're not going to go into our, a pen of 300 cows because the alarm went off at two in the afternoon and they're going to milk them at three. And they're also going to go look for this cow. They're probably not going to do that. 
And the other part to that is how we use the technology. I think there's a bit of a divide here in how small herds versus larger herds might use this technology for cows that maybe are sick. I've had some dairies that have 2,000 cows, and if they would respond to every beep and blip and alert that comes to them on their phone, it would drive them crazy. It would just literally drive them crazy. So I think there has to be a sequence as to how they handle those alerts for sick cows. Andre, how do you see people doing that? What's your view of how people are handling those alerts for problem cows? Can you imagine if your phone was off the hook all the time just because something, some technology was calling you, telling you, hey, this cow is sick. Hey, that's, that cow is down. I mean, at one point, you're going to start looking at them, but then after a few days, you just give up. You're like, there's no way I've got to keep up with this. There's no way I can keep up with getting phone calls, right? And I think some birds that I talk to, usually they just try to run a report twice a day one in the morning, one in the afternoon to see what's going on and run from there and go from there. If you look at the report at five in the morning and two in the afternoon, it's probably what you're going to do practically. You got other things to do. You can't be running out into a pen every time an alert goes off or change the settings so that, hey, it doesn't go off in the first two hours of an alert. It's got to be six hours. But even then, uh, probably your twice a day report's going to pick up some of that stuff. It sounds great that you're going to get an alert every time a cow is sick. But practically, I'm not sure it can be done. Not on dairies with two or 3,000 cows. It'll drive the herds person crazy if he does that. Yeah, usually I've recommended before to get a report early in the morning, right when they go and read bunks, to take a look at the bunks. And as they're looking at the bunks, they can go around and look at which cows are going to be a problem too and if a pan is having a problem. So that's where, that's where I think this technology can work is to help the producer to be efficient and be fast there in the morning, get it done, get in and get out and get the cow health to be healthy. So again, it's about who's going to look at the technology, what's the questions you're trying to answer, who's responsible, and how are you going to handle alerts? Those are the questions that you need to answer when you're thinking about activity alerts. Let's, let's move to a little bit of a different technology and one that, Andre, that we we have every day that we deal with and it's feed software. I got to tell you this past week, I must have had five questions about people wanting to switch to new software, a different software, adopt feed software. And the questions, it's always about, hey, should I do this? Is that software better than this software? Andre, how do you handle that question in terms of when people say, hey, I want to look at a different software. What kind of, how do you grill them? What's your approach? So funny you say that because I got a couple of those questions this week too. My comment to farms, and I would like to hear your thoughts on that too, but my comments are, what do you want? What do you really want to see yep. in a feed software and what, how can he help you? So are you the type that only looks at it once a week to see if things are going well? Or do you want more, do you want to look at it every day and make sure the accuracy, is, the load accuracy is correct, the drop accuracy is correct? Make sure your feeders, usually you have two, three, or four feeders in the farm, depending on the size, make sure they're actually doing an accurate job. They're not overfeeding, right? So is that what they're looking for? Or do they just want a once a week report? Let's see if my cows are eating the right amount of dry matter. And that's it. So it depends on the goals of the farm. My preference, Paul, and I would like to hear yours, but my preference is... I'm kind of a data geek about that. I want to look at it all the time. 
I want to see, is it being dropped at the right time? Is the accuracies, are the accuracies, is one feeder dropping a pound more of protein mix compared to the other feeder or a pound more than it should be fed, right? Because you know what a pound is. A pound right now doesn't cost, it's not that cheap. And with the milk prices like they are, we want to be as accurate as we can. So how do you handle that, Paul? I usually start out by asking them, so what are you, again, what are you trying to accomplish? Some, for some people, it's, I need something that's easy to use for my feeder. My feeder has been around a long time. I need something that he can adopt to easily. He's not a technology pro. So it's gotta be as simple as running Candy Crush. And some software is easier to run than others, right? Some people want it in the cloud so they can look at things when they're at Reno, all right? They're Reno Western Dairy Management Conference and they wanna look at, hey, where intakes are. Great, there's some software that's better for that application. Other guys, like you said, they want to have a lot of reports. They're looking for their, their data geeks. They want to have every report that's possible. And some software does that in an easier way. I go through the grilling session here. Hey, do you want it to, do you want it to be easy to use? Do you want it cloud-based? Do you want it to have a lot of bells and whistles? The other one that's important, I think, is do you want it to interact with your truck scale and either short-term or long-term? There's a couple legacy software programs out there that do a great job that interact with the truck software and they've been doing it well for a long time. And sometimes I caution people moving to a new technology or new software and say, are you sure that you want to give up that other software? Because that stuff really has been working well for you. We haven't had any glitches for the last five or 10 years. If you move to new technology, are you ready for some glitches? Because there's probably going to be one or two and are you the kind of person that can put up with glitches? Some producers that I know, they get one glitch and they say, throw the whole thing out. I can't deal with this. Other people, they get new technology and they go, oh yeah, one, one glitch. I'm okay with that. I don't care as long as I'm on the leading edge of what software might want to be. I like the software that works with truck scales. To me, it's almost a requirement that it works with truck scales because otherwise, how do we know what's coming in? How do we measure harvest? all of those things for ease of use. I like those things. Yeah, I agree. And I've worked with a couple of farms that actually try to make this a way to give bonus to the feeders actually, when they said, Hey, let's say you go, you get your, your loading accuracy from 98% to 99%. We'll talk about a reward that way. I don't know if that's a, that's the good way of doing it or not, but some people have thought about that. We've often set goals for feeders. And one of the ones I was thinking about the other day, I was on a dairy and they were doing a great job on load accuracy. They were doing a great job in terms of mixing protocols. What they weren't doing a great job is the time of first feeding. And so we talked about how to measure that, how to set up a report in the feed program they had. The software could do it. They didn't know how to get there. They didn't know how to actually look at the software, look at the report. I think on most areas, we need to have somebody who's the master of the software, right? The master of the feed software to say, how do we get the reports out that we need? Sometimes I go in and that's the role that I play is, hey, let's look at under the reports. Let's set up something that's custom. Some of the reports, for example, like on easy feed, you can send out a, a report on a weekly basis that said, hey, what's the time of first feeding? And it's very nice to do that. And there's other software that can do that also. Yeah, I think that's great. So as an example too, I worked at, I work with a farm that 
had a lot of people feeding. They had a lot of part-time people that had to do the feeding. So several people were feeding. We had seven, around six to seven people at one point feeding the herd. And they had a type of software that was just in the tractor connecting to the computer through Wi-Fi. And we had the conversation, maybe we should move to a cloud-based software because you have so many people working on this at one time that the move will make sense because now it's cloud-based. Now they can just pull it up on their phone and they can put their phone on the tractor and, and do the feeding and see the batch mixes on them. So those strategies, I think they, they play really well too. And they're very important. It's just to strategize and think about, okay, how does this farm work? And is it better to change the software? Or like you said, it's been working for 20 years. Why change? Why change the players? Yeah. Often the question comes up when people change to new mixers or they get new, a new mixer come in, they say, is this the time to change the software? And so for some people that is the right time, that's the time time to kind of reevaluate and decide if that's what they want to do. There's probably some people out there though, that have no software. Andre, have you helped implement some software, some guys that have never had software before? Have you done that? Oh, I'll give you a story. Yes, I have. I started with this guy that had, I don't know how many dyes we had there, but I think one day I printed the batch sheets and there were so many pieces of paper. I gave that to the producer and he looked at me and said, how many trees did you cut for this? It was clunky. And that's when we both realized, okay, can we talk about a new software here? Because all these pieces of paper flying all over the place, how accurate is that, right? Yeah, I've gotten to the point that for my clients, they've got to have feed software. They just need to have it. And a simplistic one could be dry matters, right? Every time corn size changes in dry matter, uh, it happens automatically with software. But somebody who doesn't have software, if there's a few of you out there yet that doesn't, you need to really re reprint the sheets or you need to have a separate Excel spreadsheet. Software's kind of gotten cheap enough that for a couple thousand bucks on feed software, 2000 maybe 2500 you should be able to get yourself all linked up and maybe a subscription fee that's pretty reasonable no reasons not to have feed software anymore if you're not you're missing out you're missing out yeah if you think about that subscription fee right so let's say it's around 10 cents per head per month it's not too bad per month but if you think about how much you can save with that right so let's take the example of one of the feeders that is just He's adding a little bit more to the wagon just because, just because he wants to add a little bit more goodies to the wagon, right? You can grab that report out of the computer and see how much money you're losing on that. And it's going to be way, way more than just 10 cents per head per month, guaranteed. So the amount of money you can save and the return on investment you can have just by, by looking at the data and talking to your feeder he may be doing that for 20 years and they have experience and they're really good at what they do. It's just that sometimes they just need a quick refresh. We need to do this a little better uh, and stop wasting, wasting money that we don't have right now with the milk prices. Tell me, Andre, what other technologies do you see coming up down the road that some producers might want to consider here in the next couple of years? What other things are you seeing that people are thinking about? I've been seeing a lot of uh, vision-based stuff. So things with cameras and everybody now has AI, right? And everybody now is talking about AI and how AI is this, AI is that. AI right now is pretty much a good algorithm. Camera-based software is actually very interesting because the equipment that you need is just cameras. It's not 
complicated, honestly. It's just to set up some cameras and they actually work really well. So that's a new technology that's coming up. Everybody is using cameras now. Car companies are using cameras for their their cars. Everybody's using cameras for new technologies. What about you, Paul? What are you looking? What are you seeing? Yeah, one of the things that I had a chance to use is people know about the campus units and doing it on entire farms. I've done that individually on some pens and I've done field cams and I think we've all done field cams looking at time-lapse cameras. I'm really excited about the technology that can summarize the data. Technology that not only uses cameras, but uses computer software and algorithms to say how many times is the feed being pushed up? How, what time, how long were the cows out of feed? It can identify and sense how much feed is left in the bunk. Did the cows run out for two hours before they got fed? Did they only get pushed up seven times when they should have been pushed up 12? That's the technology I find really exciting. So Paul and Andre, you have just explained so many of these details about two of the technologies the dairy producers are thinking about all of the time. It's activity monitoring. And as you said, the questions you've been getting so often about feed software and decision-making in that regard as well. And so as you reflect on the conversation you just had, Andre, how would you provide some takeaways for our listeners on what they should be walking away from this conversation with when it comes to activity monitoring and feed software investment decisions. So basically is you start by thinking, okay, is it is this technology going to pay for itself? So make sure you think about that. And then from there you think, okay, who's going to implement? Who's going to be responsible for it? And what kind of action you will take and who's going to be responsible for the action, right? So you have to think about those things before you implement those technologies. And that's pretty much the wrap up is to summarize is make sure you understand how this is going to work for you and how it's going to pay for itself. And if you do a great job, it's going to be good for your dairy and it's going to be great for your farm. So it's the who, it's the what, it's the why, it's the how. Andre and Paul, thank you for jumping on with us to the GPS DairyCast. I'm your GPS DairyCast host, Peggy Coffin from the Up Level Dairy Podcast. And thank you for listening today. The GPS DairyCast features conversations that deliver on the GPS Dairy Consulting promise to inspire change and grow leaders. If this GPS DairyCast has you looking for more ways to become an elite dairy producer, find more information in our show notes on how you can add a GPS advisor to your team. And you won't want to miss the GPS Dairy Leaders Forum, an exclusive leadership event with two days of learning and networking more than 20 world-class speakers, and nine interactive breakout sessions. The 2023 Dairy Leaders Forum will be December 5th through the 7th at Mystic Lake Hotel in Prior Lake, Minnesota. Inspire, dream, learn, do and become more. Find forum details in the show notes.